everyone. I hope you are staying healthy and safe. This podcast episode comes with a video interview. If you would like to watch the video interview, you can find the links of the interview in my episode notes. You can watch it either through my YouTube page or my Facebook page called Words of Heart Podcasts. However you choose to listen to it, I truly hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking with Tracy Cromwell. Hope I said that right. Thank you for joining me today, Tracy. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. So Tracy, if you could tell my audience a bit about yourself, um, what they may not know, give us the inside scoop into Tracy Cromwell, that is you. Oh, I love that. Thank you. So I'm definitely, if I was to say a scoop about me, I'm not the same person I used to be you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, even um, being very young, um, I um, I guess some people would look at me and think, oh, she's, you know, must have had it easy. You know, she's in shape. She's this or that, you know, and see the Tracy today. But the Tracy today is because of the challenges I had with food and with my, my relationship with my body from when I was young all the way up till, gosh, my early forties, when I um, had been a habitual diet, um, you know, a yo-yo dieter, I had become pre-diabetic. I um, just had a really volatile relationship with myself. And, um, but um, the Tracy of today is so grateful for that journey because I think if I didn't have it, um, I wouldn't have found my purpose and I wouldn't have, um, you know, gone through the learning that I had to go through, um, to reverse my diagnosis, to reverse my negative viewpoint of myself and the really hard view I had of my body and the anger I had towards it. And so, um, you know, that led me at 54 now, I'm 54 years old to, you know, have written a book and try to help other people. Cause I know I wasn't alone. Once I finally realized I wasn't alone, I wasn't the only one in this because I, I always kept it to myself on the outside, everyone thought maybe she had it all together, but on the inside, she was, you know, um, just not, not in her best, best space, um, for a healthy relationship, um, with, with, with me. And then also just to enjoy my life, you know? So, so I think that's one of the biggest, um, things when people see me initially that, um, it wasn't always this way. And, um, I made it through some really pretty significant challenges to, to reverse some um, the path I was on, you know. So, um, and uh, and with that, I I love to tell people that you know, just when you think you want to give up, because I was there, you know, you got probably a little voice, this voice inside of you that says, "You can do it. You can figure it out. You can you can do this. We can figure this out." And and being having the courage to listen to that and and the courage to go on your journey um, of life of learning and and if you are struggling with your body or or self image or anything like that 
um, it's okay. And that you can, you know, um, make it through it and you don't have to spend the rest of your life in that, in that situation. So that's a bit about me. All right. And thank you for sharing that in regards to that giving up mentality. Um, I, in your, in regards to one's body, I fully understand that. I know you know a bit about my story. Um, I got diagnosed with diabetes at the start of the pandemic last year. Um, prior to before I was diagnosed, because obviously I didn't know it was diabetic related at the time. Yeah. Um, drastic weight loss, not being able to keep anything down. Body was basically a skeleton. Um, you know, the whole gamut being pre-diabetic. So you have some firm knowledge on how it works a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, Obviously, it was a really depressing point in my life, and I had just turned 24, and it was the holidays, and Thanksgiving, Christmas, birthdays, all these family-oriented, like, holidays where you're supposed to be happy and grateful and thankful. I couldn't be happy (laughs) because I could have died at any given moment, and I was, like, the smile and the glow you see here before you was non-existent Mm -hmm. it was absolutely terrifying the sheer thought of death and I kept waking up every single day thinking um to be honest I thought can I not suffer anymore can Mm. this just can the solution just appear um so I did have that um giving up mentality or thinking this is my last breath um please just take this pain away. Um, But um, I think um, my voice inside of my head was my faith. Um, Many people, I'm sure if they were in my predicament, would have ended it right there. And I will be honest, I that thought did cross my mind because there was no concrete silver lining to what was going on and I'm a strong believer in there being a reason for everything Mm -hmm. I just had no idea what that reason is and I was in such a depressive state of mind that I didn't want to know what the I didn't know what the reason was so why should I suffer that was Mm -hmm. where where my mindset was specifically in regards to my body because um and I'll be honest I wasn't the help I'm I wasn't the healthiest eater. Um, my food regimen was basically that of a five-year-old's, to be honest, even yeah. though I'm in my 20s and there's certain food groups and everything that you need to be um, immerse your body into, like rice and grains and everything. When it came to that, I was so opposed to it. I was really into it when I was younger, yet somehow a switch went off and I just was opposed to eating it as an adult. Um, but not so much anymore because I need it. <laughs> but um, um, the voice in my head, um, just to verify what I mentioned was my faith. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah. God is really the cornerstone of my whole being. And he's been with me through my darkest of challenges um, pretty much since I was born. Um, I didn't divulge this to you in our email exchange, but for the first two years of my life, I couldn't hear her talk. So, um, oh my goodness! As wow. far as any mm-hmm. health struggles or issues, um, 
I've dealt with my fair share of them. So being diabetic during a pandemic, though really unfortunate, wasn't that mm-hmm. much of a surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a huge surprise to my family, though, considering how I grew up. But um, mm-hmm. God's like, hang in there. There, there. there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. I'm not going to, you're not going to suffer. Um, there is an answer to this and his answer was my diagnosis and being diabetic so Mm -hmm. I saw me being diagnosed these headphones aren't the best (laughs) (laughs) um he saw my diagnosis or I see my diagnosis as a blessing in disguise because if I hadn't been diagnosed then I could have died so Mm -hmm. um well you know I wonder you know I think too because um it's interesting, your journey, um, you know, mine, I look at as a blessing as well, you know, because it forced me to um, make a decision to um, learn how to take care of my body, but not in a blind fashion where you just put whatever in your mouth and your body has to deal with it. But it, it also taught me compassion, you know, for myself. Um, you know, uh, there were times too, I would sit there and I mean, like, if this is what life is, then, you know, I, it's not what I want, you know, I, you maybe be better without me on the planet, you know, and, right. um, and then again, the, what I hear is no, that's not the case. And this was the journey I was meant to go on. And, um, and I think with you, I, I resonate with you so much is that through, through your journey, your ability to teach people about diabetes, to understand it, that they can get through it as well. You know, they can, they can get healthy and they can, um, learn how to, you know, my, my biggest proponent is, is, you know, we're, we're granted this beautiful, amazing, you know, vessel to experience this life in. And we've been programmed through, you know, advertisement and whatever, what's healthy food. But for me, you know, watching TV and I was one of those, I was like, well, if it's on the shelf and says it's healthy for me, I, it should be good for me. And so I would get upset with my body. If my, if I didn't feel good after I ate something, I would still make it eat it. I didn't, I didn't have this connection that when it spoke to me and it would say, Hey, I don't feel good after this. I would basically eat something else to try and cover it up. And I eat something else, you know, therefore I'm overeating. And then I eat a bunch of candy because I was sad, you know, and like this horrible, you know, up and down. And, um, you know, the concept of how was I going to get myself out of that behavior, right? Um, so when I got diagnosed, I was, I was really upset with myself. You know, how could I let this happen? You know, how could I have allowed this? It was just another notch in the, you know, the belt of failures as far as I was concerned, you know? So I did go through a real moment of just being really upset. And then I thought, oh my gosh, actually in my mind too, it was sort of a, this gives me permission. I have like this note to show my family. I, my body, I cannot eat like you, you know, I can't eat the big pancake breakfasts you know, that would make me nauseous and make me, you know, hardly able to function the rest of the day. Um, it made me, um, 
you know, realize that I had to take care of myself, you know? Um, and it, and then it, it was again, that mode of, um, it obviously wasn't working, not taking care of myself, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so that diagnosis, even though how hard it was to hear and frustrating and, and a bit terrifying, uh, I don't regret that day, you know, at all. Um, because I've learned so much because of it. Otherwise, I think if I'd never been pre-diabetic, I'd still be trying to, I would, I don't think I would have learned what I needed to learn, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Right. And I completely agree with you um, as far as seeing the positive outlook to it. Um, When I got diagnosed, obviously, I saw it as God's way of giving my life more purpose, another chance to live my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, um, the fact that it happened in the pandemic, though really (laughs) terrifying to have any health diagnosis of any kind, Mm -hmm. um, gave me the opportunity to adjust a lot better to this new phase of my life. Um, Mm -hmm. um, I did take a, break from school. I mean, also just give you another fun little fact. I did end up passing my classes, even though I was sick. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that was (laughs) a real miracle. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, I did take a break um, from school. And this was before everything got shut down. Yeah. Um, But it did give me opportunity to understand this new phase of my life a lot easier and better. And I feel like it made it slightly better because the world decided to be put on pause and not be so chaotic. Mm -hmm. Um, You had to readjust your priorities, adapt, explore different interests and um, figure things out. And in my opinion, I had to figure out life as a diabetic and um, how can I live with this for the rest of my life and mm-hmm. am I still me can I still do this and um mm-hmm. many people saw it as they did they well my family considering what I just shared with you had the hardest time dealing with this obviously mm-hmm. um but many people were like oh I am so sorry and mm-hmm. they take pity they take pity because um I mean you hear diabetic like, oh, no, you can't eat anything at all. Um, Not true. <laughs> that's, yes, but that's like where their mindset goes. Well, it does. Everything's getting taken away, you know, and yeah, I I get it. You're basically <laughs> a hamster, if that makes sense. But Ooh. I tell them that to not feel sorry for me because um, if I hadn't been diagnosed, I could have died. And yes. Through my diagnosis and the fact that I've really embraced this um, new chapter in my life and embraced changed in general, because mm-hmm. before I got diagnosed, I wasn't a big fan of change whatsoever. I, I despised <laughs> it. I despised it so much. Yep. Any sense of change that would occur, I would complain without a doubt. Like, why does this have to happen? Um funny as humans you know humans don't like a lot of change it's hard to be pliable I get that yeah and 
I don't know about you with, um, now just to confirm, are you a type two diabetic or did you type one? Which, which um, diabetes did you get? That's the thing. Um, maybe because it was in the pandemic season or whatever. Um, I, we never classified what specific type I was. Uh -huh. Um, although I'm sure we should have, but it was still new and I had to get all different types of doctors and medication and insulin and changing the insulin. And it was mm -hmm. just a myriad of other things that now had to yeah. be a part of my life. Um, so you're insulin dependent. I am insulin dependent okay. and um, I've been diabetic for a year now. I survived the pandemic. Yay. Without Yay. It affecting me. Yay. <laughs> um, I did get vaccinated too. So I'm fully vaccinated. So that's also a blessing too. Um, um, as far as how we've been treating it, we've been treating it like it's type one. Um, that's what there's it no of like to me. Mm -hmm. There's no um, classification to which specific type I have. Um, probably should figure that out at some point. But That's cute. Well, I was thinking about your symptoms because, um, you know, losing weight, not being able to eat and all that. Definitely, I was thinking type one. Sometimes with type two diabetes, um, it affects differently, you know. And of course, only a doctor could, could tell you, but... Um, I mean, they made a note in their little doctor's thing that it could be type one, but it, I, I was poked up to a bunch of needles and machines. Yeah. So yeah. I, for the longest time, thought I could be type one. But after yeah. speaking to my, um, I believe it's called endocrinologist or diabetes doctor, um, she's like, no, we never really classified which type you are. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, um, you have to ask her because it'd be really nice to know because they are treated differently, you know, with um, type one, you can't do anything about it. That's, that is the rest of your life. Um, type two, depending upon how early you catch it, there is possibility of, you know, lowering insulin and, and, and through um, a lot of work, um, you know, getting it to where you're not as dependent. But if you are type one, the, your, that means your immune system basically killed your pancreas, I believe, and you're, you don't make insulin. So it'd be really a really great idea to know. Um, so in terms of, so you, how you want to set your goals or how you want to think of things in the future, because if you were underweight, you know, and I could, I could, you know, relearn this, but um, like for me, I was, I was uh, pre-diabetic due to lifestyle choices, you know, um, not that it activated my immune system to kill my, my insulin producing organ, you know, <laughs> and, um, but I've known of, of people that are in their twenties and thirties where all of a sudden their immune system does go haywire and, and they end up with type one diabetes. And again, you, you being close to death, not able to eat and skinny, I'm wondering if, you know, if it's more of that most you know, the type two diabetics I know that are diagnosed, are, we're usually, we were overweight. Well, I, I definitely wasn't overweight. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'd be interesting. I, I would highly recommend really pushing them on that. Cause yeah. Yeah. It's a different experience. I mean, all of a sudden managing all of that and, and stuff. And um, I think for me, you know, if I, if I can talk as of the scenario of somebody who's pre-diabetic, yeah. Obviously you didn't, uh, most people don't know 
like you didn't know, you just needed to feel good. Even, you know, so you were, you were pre-diabetic in some phase, but there are so many people that walk around with pre-diabetes. I think it's, um, you know, if you had a room, the statistics are a little off, but if you're in a room of 30 people, um, I think it's like a upwards of a third of them or more are pre-diabetic now. And then the scary part is if there's a group of three of them, one in those three doesn't even know it. And cause it is, uh, some people don't even get a symptom. Some people do, you know, for me, I got really thirsty. Um, and the minute after I was thirsty, I had to go to the bathroom and it was this odd cycle of lots of thirst and then lots of running to the restroom and, um, and too much wine and chocolate pairing, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, and, you know, I, I stopped exercising. I had, you know, I was working a lot of hours and I was hardly sleeping at all. And I was in a big corporate job. And so, you know, the perfect, I had the perfect storm to become pre-diabetic. And then um, I think the CDC states, you know, pre-diabetes, if you find that you are, is your chance to stop the, the tracks and to not become type two diabetic, you know? So, you know, me not knowing, you know, too much about you, I would say, gosh, I'd be on that phone with that, that <laughs> doctor's office. I say, I need to know right now because it does change things, you know, of how you would, you know, mentally be looking at this. So, yeah. But well, uh, I def there's probably other, um, there's other doctors and everything that have to be definitely more put into the mix. Um, yeah. When yeah. the diabetic bomb dropped into my life. Um, and luckily my best friend um, who I've known since I was four um, got diagnosed with diabetes about three or so years ago when I found out. So she was a real anchor in helping me adjust to this new um, phase mm -hmm. of my life and she is still checking on me like all the time like is your blood sugar good and everything so mm -hmm. um for yeah. those who um actually I am curious because I know this phrase is thrown in a lot or I guess this diet that you mentioned yo-yo dieting um what is that specifically um yeah so as I define it I think um the industry defines it is that you say you've gained weight and then you pick a diet that's probably one that's more about calorie restrictive and diet food, those kinds of things. You lose the weight and then you don't know how to maintain the weight because the way you, you lost it is not sustainable. So then you start to go back um, because there's been deprivation, there's been you can't have this or that, you start to kind of go back to introducing those things back into your life pretty soon, you start putting the weight on and then you go on another diet and you do it again. And then you put the weight back on and then you do it again. You keep putting the weight back on. You've never figured out. It's sort of this horrible, to me, I just felt trapped in it because um, when I would diet, I would, I, it would be to get the goal weight and I would try and get there no matter what, that just whatever it was, 500 calories a day. Was it, was it slim fast drinks? Was it diet pills? Um, was it um, um, pills so that um, I would drop water weight? Um, you know, just anything like that. And then you get there, you get to the weight and then you're still not happy 
you're because you don't know what to do next. And so um, then what I would do is I would exercise so hard and it wasn't exercise to be healthy. It was exercise demanding my body to look a certain way. And so I would just pound myself and pound oh. myself so hard. And if I stopped at all, stopped exercising, all of a sudden the weight would all just come back on. And it was just this horrible, you know, um, time in my life with myself. And, um, you know, I have, I wrote in the book, you know, that I had my, my um, yogurt and payday candy bar diet. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I was trying all this stuff. Anyway, just, just silly stuff. And, but, but you're never happy with yourself. So you're going to keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And I, it really hit me hard. I was going through an old box of photos about oh, six months ago, seven months ago. And I found a photo of me during, I, I, I'd had my two kids. They were still pretty young. And it was one of those phases again, where I was just relentlessly pounding myself, um, ex, you know, doing these major step aerobics with weights, almost to the point of throwing up and trying to get off of my thighs. I'm sorry, they're inherited. Now I, I get it, but I, these, you know, cellulite patches or this little blob of fat. And that's when I was taking these diet pills and everything. And, um, but I looked at this photo and I looked at myself and I was like, gosh, Tracy, what? I was so distorted in how I saw myself. I was so fit and I looked really, really good. But then I also looked at the photo and I realized how sad I was inside and how um, unhappy I was. And it really um, made me realize that um, when we diet, when our mindset can be just on what's on the scale and anything we can possibly do to meet that, our brain's like, you know, number one, we're giving up, we're, we're having exercise because we have to, you know what I mean? And it's a whole different thing. When I finally stopped that and, um, you know, like when I became pre-diabetic and stuff, I had to start learning to respect my body and what I put in my mouth. So I still yo-yo dieted for four years to try and figure out how to get out of that. And, um, and so when I went to school to become a, a health coach and a trainer is when I started to realize this body is like an incredible machine that, that takes data, which is our food. And, and if we give it food that it knows what to do with and helps it function at the best possible way, <clears throat> most of the time the weight takes care of itself. And so all of a sudden I just started to play around with that. Well, what does my body do best with? And then I had to learn and break that. I had to break that um, addiction to the scale or addiction to a size and say, my body's, I, I release the end. I, I finally had to say, I release the end result. I'm going to learn how to take care of this, you know, being that I am. And it was really interesting because when I, when I started to do that and I started to say, okay, when I eat bread, okay, I notice sometimes I don't feel good. Um, I notice that I retain water. I notice that, um, yeah, I put on weight. So I have to take that data and I say, 
okay, I love bread, but is that slice of bread worth me feeling all these other things that my body's telling me? And going through the wonderful concept that I feel good when I don't eat it, um, and it no longer, the bread no longer drives my choices like it used to. And so I, I guess that's the thing is when I yo-yo diet, you're just doing whatever you can to lose the weight. You're not really learning the journey. Or also sometimes you're, you're just doing some kind of a diet that you can't sustain and then it's depressing. <laughs> so, so, you know, my way of breaking out of that was, oh, again, releasing the result, you know, just being willing to go through that, that, that concept of what, what does make you feel best in the morning for breakfast? It could be totally different than what someone's telling you otherwise. Is it, do you love oatmeal with, you know, some fruit on it or, you know, and you feel great and your body functions great? Or do you want like a big smoothie of a protein powder and lots of greens and some beets and stuff? Is that what sets you off in a nice, great morning? Um, you know, being willing to, to, to do that. Some people do great with eggs and bacon, you know, a little bit of bacon and, and, and a, um, a really dense grainy piece of bread. Uh, I can't eat that. I'm a smoothie person. I finally figured that out. My body wants that. That's what I give it. And, um, so, so figuring out and, and doing those, just those experiments and making it fun can break you out of that roller coaster um lifestyle <clears throat> all right and considering the pandemic and how limiting and um confined everything is um specifically to the home do you think people are perhaps struggling with managing their health um mm -hmm. particularly to their body and food and the fact that they have access to it gym well there's other forms of exercise but the gym is closed and mm -hmm. do you find people having a lot of issues because of the pandemic in regards to taking care of their body right I think some definitely have it was hard to change you know like you were what was Kate you said you know it was like your brain didn't want to change you know so here <laughs> we're all I feel like we're all a bunch of kids that got sent to time out, you know, and, and we didn't want to go and, and we can't go to the gym. We can't go to the restaurant. We, we weren't able to see our friends. Um, and, and how do we adapt to that? And, um, I know, um, Tracy of uh, 15 years ago would not have adapted very well to this at all, you know, and, um, but you know, the, I think when with food, I think one of the hardest parts about food in our country is that it's not equally sourced out to all communities. And so, you know, um, there were a lot of people because the schools were closed that some kids didn't get lunch, they didn't get breakfast, you know, so we have that, that whole side of things, people that lost jobs. So then they they're trying to go to a food bank and the food banks are, they, they do pretty good, but a lot of their food is high sodium soups, high sodium foods, high sugar foods. Um, you know, so there's that really horrible side where it, it just, I think economically it's not, it's not equal, you know, to so many people. Then there's the other side 
that were able to bring really healthy food in, they're able to learn how to cook, um, you know, with real nutritious food. I think one of the hardest parts for me, like when I travel around the U.S. is, and some, I go to some towns and I can't get, I can barely find any real good produce or anything like that. Most everything is packaged or it's, it's a, you know, a refined product. So um, as far as um, adaptability, I think that, that some people did well. And I think some people, it was very hard as far as fitness. Um, for me, I was a bit of a gym rat before this, you know, I loved going to the gym. I actually trained people in a gym and I was like, Oh, great. Okay. But now it forced me to be, I had to say, okay, I'm going to be doing, you know, I have some, some weights here at home and I have a TRX here at home, but it really got me outside more. You know, I started to run outside. Um, we started going hiking. We started to go see places we didn't see otherwise because we were trapped in, you know, go to work, go to the gym, come home, make dinner, go to bed, get up, go to work, go to the gym, you know. And now it's like, I love being outside. So but now it's, I think it'd be really hard to get me back to a gym. So I think it's it's been a wide array from, I think people... <clears throat> done very, very well with their health to some are having very hard time with their health, just as with their, their, their economy life, you know, some are on the brink of total, you know, disaster, losing homes, losing their rent. You know, they can't, they have no money to those that are making a lot of money right now. It, I've never seen anything like this um, ever. And so I know it's a long-winded answer, but um, I think, I think everything has happened to everybody, if you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, and you being diagnosed diabetic, you know, so, and I think in a way, and what, if I heard you right, the concept of then being home, it gave you that time to, to feel it, to learn, you know, no pressure to have to go out and eat because um, nobody was so able to finally have that ability to learn this new life, um, you know, and now as things are opening, you'll be able to, I think, navigate that probably better than you would have otherwise, I'm right. guessing. You know? So yeah, um, it, it's a, I just never thought I'd see something like this. <laughs> I just never did. All right. So I do have that icebreaker question. Um, it's not about food, so you don't gotta worry, neither do I. <laughs> if you could have any superpower that's not flying or teleporting, what would it be? Fun. Ooh, if I could have any superpower, it's not flying or teleporting. Darn, I left the teleporting one. Um, Many people pick it when I say they can't pick flying, but it's the exact funny. same thing. I, so. I always thought we needed to invent teleportation devices, but if I could have any superpower. Wow. I never really thought of that. I would say... The first thing that really came to mind would be super strength. Okay. Yeah. Physical super strength. Yeah. Super but not, not to give up my mental. I won't <laughs> trade it for mental strength. <laughs> if I had to train. I'd keep my mental strength. 
Okay, strength. Yeah. Uh, the power I would pick, it's not exactly a power yet, but I feel like it would be one in the future, would be the power for this podcast to be heard across other galaxies that have yet to be discovered. They're not even discovered yet. That's awesome. Well, I'll use my super strength to help that happen, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, well Tracy, this has been a wonderful conversation. And it's not every day that I talk about um, the body and health and diabetes all that often on my podcast, because I like it to be an open forum for all types of conversation. So yeah. This really warms my heart that we were able to discuss it because it is a part of me and I do like to make it a point to raise any type of awareness in regards to it. Yeah, it's so important. You know, um, it's such a, it's, it's some, it's a, you know, type two diabetes is, is, is increasing in our country. And um, the more we can educate anybody on either types of diabetes and, and, the implications and and the care that's needed um, for those that are facing it, um, and and to help people understand the signs, the symptoms. Don't wait. It's best to find out sooner. You know, and like you, getting that diagnosis can save your life. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So. Yep. We're at the end of this great conversation, unfortunately. Um, do you have any social plugins where people can find your book, which is just yeah. prominently in the background there? Um, yeah. Give us the <laughs> inside scoop down my audience and get in contact with you. Yes. Yeah, so, so I do have a book. It's called Your Personal Journey with Food, A Roadmap for the Confused and Frustrated Dieter. And I wrote it with um, my co-author Ingrid Lau, and she's actually from Santiago, Chile. So we bring, you know, an American and then also South American flavor to the book. And so you can find it um, on Amazon. And then also um, um, you can order it through your favorite um independent bookstore as well. So, and then also you can go to my website, it's tracycromwell.com and learn a bit more about me. And then you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. So um, I'd love it if you reached out, start following me. If you have questions, um, I'm here. And like I said, I've been there, I've been through the gamut. And so when I'm working with people, it's always, there's no judgment because no one's perfect. We all have our own journey and those are incredible journeys. So, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me today, Tracy. This was a great conversation. You have no idea. I loved it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Absolutely. No problem. To all my listeners, stay healthy, stay safe. Please take care of your body. You don't understand um, your body as well as you think you do. I know from firsthand experience, and so does Tracy. Please make sure your body is well taken care of because it's a precious, precious life form and needs to be cherished. Absolutely. So stay healthy, stay safe, keep your body in check. And until next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Hello everyone, it is your heart warrior Dion here. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Words of Heart. 
If you like this episode and would like to leave a rating slash review, please do not hesitate to do so. You can leave the review slash rating on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. In addition, if you would like to let me know right away your thoughts on this episode, you are also welcome to leave a voice message right here on the Anchor app. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful day.